Welcome to Cue the Dagger, brought to you in partnership with Inside the Rink. Inside the Rink is a one-stop shop for all NHL news, insight, and analysis. You can follow them on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink. I'll be your host, Clifton Ramey, and I'm with my co-host, Logan Rosengard. How you doing, my man? Can't complain too much, Clift. How are you doing? Uh, I can't complain. The Hawks won their last game against Philly. That was nice. Little vintage Jonathan Tace. Regular season doesn't matter, though, but it was nice to get a win, so I'm doing good. Oh, yeah. Wins are always nice. Oh, yeah, even if they don't matter. I mean, yeah. That that sucks. That sucks. (laughs) Like, I I know I'm kind of used to it at this point, watching the team, because the last – uh what 17 18 so four or five seasons uh the team has not really been actually i shouldn't say that uh there was the bubble playoffs and then there was that little really really quick moment right when colleton got hired and i don't, I don't count that i mean oh, that was fun we were, in the, we were in the playoff race there was like a there was like literally two days in the nhl calendar at the end of 2019 oh i enjoyed it don't no, I know. I definitely that, enjoyed that. It. Was like, from in my eyes, th- it was super early on in this like Colleton era of of coaching. So it, I guess but, um, it, it's different. But th- that was that was a really I was optimistic, right? We were winning games we weren't supposed to win in 2019. We were in the playoffs. We were playing well, even though we had a really kind of mediocre roster. We were like dragging ourselves along. There was hope. Uh, I, I don't when you know. Look back on like, it. it, it that's that's what Kane. I wanted the rebuild to look like. Now that's where. Ow! I just hit my elbow on my laptop doing that. Um, <laughs> I thought that the rebuild now would be what we were seeing in 2019, and that that was just like a fluke. It was a fluke, but we still suck. The, the team still sucks. So I don't. Say, yeah, say which, it's probably like poor management. Everything else is there's a bunch of factors, but so we could go into everything Stan Bowman did from probably 2015 and on. Pretty much everything sucked. That guy was a trash can, and Jerry Carlton was an absolute bomb. It just couldn't have went worse for the Hawks during those at times. But you know what? It's a new era. Kyle Davidson's behind the wheel. We're going to go ahead and sail this ship on this rebuild here and look forward. But before we actually start talking about the rebuild, Logan, how about you hit us with our sponsor? Oh, I would love to, Cliff. And a quick word from our show sponsor and friends of Inside the Ring, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th season of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. Bet US. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Well, I'm assuming everybody has heard the Patrick King comments and wants us to talk about that. So we will get to that last. So you're all going to have to wait for that. We're going to go ahead and we're going to start with Derek King. Um, I was just wondering if you saw his press conference where he was kind of talking and um, I noticed, I think it was CHGO kind of talked about it as well. And he kind of made comments and he was talking about the lineup changes and specifically Patrick Kane and Alex to it. And he kind of said, maybe the guy next year 
might break them up. Almost kind of sounded like he knew that he was out the door. I'm not saying that is what it is. I'm just saying he made a comment, and I kind of agree with the guys at CHGO. That kind of sounded like he kind of knows that he's not going to be back next year. Um, Now, nothing's certain. Obviously, the Hawks haven't said anything. He hasn't said anything. It's just all speculation. I was just kind of curious on where you're at with him, and do you want him back next year, and do you think he will be back? I I don't. Uh, I think – I. This is how I feel about Jeremy Colleton, too. They're both great coaches. Derek King is a great coach. There's a reason that he got the promotion at the time that he got it. There's a reason that he is currently an NHL head coach. Not anyone can do that, even if it's just interim, even if it's for half of a season. You don't just become an NHL coach by being, like, friends with... I mean, that definitely helps, but there's a reason he's an NHL head coach. However... I do not think he is the right guy for this rebuild. He's a great coach. He's a great hockey mind. He knows what he's talking about. You know, there, there's things that he excels in. Uh, his, his, his defensive system might not always work. And, but uh, I, I don't think he should stay. I think the Hawks um, should find someone else. I don't think he's that good of a coach. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a really good people person. I think he's really nice to the media. I think his lineup choices have been very bad and poor. And uh, I think anybody on the planet could draw better lineups. Like Eric Gustafson's on the ice this late in the year over uh, Caleb Jones. I don't know, an RFA that's got to get signed. You have him on the first power play unit as well, which doesn't make sense. Um, It's just King's been good. And for this year, he was perfect, I think, with all the beach stuff and everything that went on. You kind of needed somebody in the locker room to keep the locker room kind of together, and you needed that just nice, friendly figure. All right, this year's done. We've announced it's a rebuild. It's time to get somebody in there that's going to hold guys accountable, that's going to play guys right. It's not going to misuse guys like Philip Kershev. We need somebody. I don't know if it's a younger college coach, a guy from Europe again. I don't know who it is. I don't have names. There's a little rumor, I don't know if you heard it, that uh, Rick Rick Tockett apparently is being thrown around. Holy um, shit. I Please forget, I heard don't that on hire Rick podcast. Tockett. Please don't hire Rick Tockett. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want Rick Tockett. I don't think it makes don't very get me much wrong. Sense. I think he's a I think he'd be good for like for a season. A Stanley Cup. But A, I don't think he's the guy you want leading a maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I don't he's the guy want you want a leading a rebuild. Look at what happened in Arizona, Arizona, right? He couldn't handle it. Maybe maybe the personnel in Arizona aren't good enough for him, which is likely. But if you're a good enough head coach, you can make do. There's a reason he's sitting on TV. He's a great analyst. He's a great panelist for TNT. I'm not saying that he's not. He is a very, very smart hockey person. Please do not hire him. It doesn't yeah, make sense. I, I don't you want to talk it. You need a guy. I find your Rod Brindamore, like find your energy guy, find your crowd pleaser, find your culture changer, whoever it is. Rick Tockett is not that guy. Derek King clearly has not been that guy. No, you've got to find someone with a new way to think, a new mindset, and a new way to approach the game that the younger guys can relate to and pick up on and work with because of Alex to and if Dylan Strom and Philip Kurashev 
and Kirby Doc and uh, wow, Lucas Reichel and Alex Lassick and whoever happens to be in net for us next year. Because honestly, I don't know if Lincoln the guy anymore. I don't know if Dealey is ever going to be the guy. And Soderblom, I don't know. He's too young. Uh, if those young guys can pick up on that from this new guy, this rebuild is going to be over a lot quicker. Yeah, that's fair. I I personally want them to go get like an offensive-minded guy that's going to kind of influence a more creative, open game, kind of where the NHL is headed when you look at guys like uh, Trevor Zegris and just any of the younger players coming in or you kind of watch like, uh, I'm going to use Connor Bedard because it's my pipe dream that we land up with the first overall pick next draft. Um but you watch these guys and they play just with this open create like a creative kind of game where it's not this tight, like crunch play defense system. And I love defense. And I think defense, you have to have a defensive system and it has to be good and you have to play a team system. But I think offensively, they just need to find somebody that's going to kind of play a game that like uh, Alex DeBrinkett wants to play because we'll circle to him later, obviously, but if he's going to get signed per se, you're going to need to play that kind of style because you're going to be paying that kind of money. It's going to be huge when you sign him, if you sign him. But I just think that it's time to go away from the old guard and move on. Like it's a new era in hockey scoring's up this year tremendously. Um, And really to circle back to kind of put a little last fork in Derek King, not that I don't like the guy or anything. Even I don't want him back in Rockford. Rockford's been doing better without him. The record's better. Win percentage-wise is better. Lucas Reichel just broke the rookie scoring record. Like, I don't – I just rather leave Rockford exactly how Rockford is. They've been buzzing without Derek King. And as much as it kind of sucks because this looked like a great opportunity for Derek King at first when he got this interim job, I think it almost shells him out of Chicago because I think you move on from him and the NHL level, you leave, I forget, it starts with an S, I don't want to butcher his name, the guy in Rockford, you leave him there and then you go ahead and you got to allow the new head coach to hire his assistant. So there's just no spot for Derek King in Chicago anymore. Great guy, funny Love the Heisenberg look, but you know what? He just wasn't Walter White. He just he was more of a Jesse Pinkman before Walter White took him under his wing. Like sorry. Hey, let's not diss Jesse Pinkman. I know look at the progression. Look at the progression uh, he Jesse needs, Pinkman took. Well, here's what Derek King needs to go find himself a Heisenberg to learn from because he's just he needs as much rebuilding and retooling as the Hawks do. As he's in my opinion, he was too nice of a guy and didn't coach. He was too friendly and just didn't coach. Um, but that's just my opinion on him. I don't hate the guy. I don't want to bury the guy. I hope he gets another look somewhere down the line. I just don't think it's Chicago next season. And I would agree. What uh, I'm trying to think uh, what old players come to mind because – I don't know. I feel feel uh, like if we're in this era where we. You're kind of thinking like a Dennis Savard scenario. Kind of. I'm thinking like a like I hate. Here's here's the thing. I keep looking at 
And okay. Disclaimer. I consider I am a Carolina Hurricanes fan, so maybe this is biased, but you look at the rebuild and like the patience and the system and the management, like the per the, the player management, not the you know, overall like drafting and trades. You look at the current roster management that Carolina has with Rod Brindamore at the helm, like the how how can they do that? Who can they find? Is Patrick Sharp the guy? Is Marion Hosa the guy? Is it's- uh I don't know what I, I think that's tough, man, because you're looking at a scenario where they kind of hit the fences perfect where you had a guy that could rebuild and like teach kids and help them progress through their development. And then you also had a guy who had been there, done that, bought that T-shirt, knew how to turn it on and play playoff style hockey. Do the Blackhawks have guys? I can name two names. I think you can name I can name three names. I think I um, named two of the three right there, Patrick Sharp did. and Marion Hosa. There's one other guy that comes to mind. Crawford? Uh, no, no, no. Brent Seabrook. Uh, he was, and all mm. honestly, when you hear about a lot of people in the locker room, they say he was the one vocally leading and stuff like that. Um, but again, I just don't know if any of those guys want to come back in the game. If it's going to be anybody, it's going to be Marion Hosa. And I'm not going to lie, it's a little interesting that he's kind of been said that they're looking for a role. But I think that if it was a head coaching role, I think that the Hawks are being more open, kind of like they were with the GM search. And I think we would know. I don't think that if they go out and it's not Derek King, that it's going to be this one behind closed doors where, you know, little beat writers and stuff are breaking stories left and right. I think they're going to be very open and put it in the public again. Um, But I think the only three names, unless you could look at like a, Jeremy Roenick, but then he had his pass with the whole joke. You know the Hawks are going to want to be careful with image. So um, I think if it would be those three, I just – I don't see that happening. I think they're going to have to go somewhere else, to be honest. Uh, I don't think Sharpie's the guy. Um, he looks more like a TV guy. He was already on TV. Hosa could be the guy. Seebs is interesting, but I don't really know what Seebs is doing right now. And – he might still technically be a player for the Tampa Bay Lightning, technically. So I don't know how that works. Um, so I don't think that's really an option either. It would be cool kind of to do the same thing that they did, building the dynasty up, you know. Um, Patrick Kane kind of had that treatment. He learned from a Hawks legend, so it would be cool to get another Hawks legend yeah. behind the bench. But. Um, I just don't know who it would be. I think out of the three, if I had to put them in order, I would go host of Seep Sharp would be my, my list. What about you? I, yeah, I like Hosa. I, I, I think he could do a good job of it. I mean, he's a, look at the guy. He, he got the respect that he did in Chicago for a reason. He got, he has the respect of the past management for a reason. I think he'd be good. I don't really know his – I don't know how he'd coach. I don't know how his – you know, I know he's a two-way player, and I don't necessarily know if a two-way game is going to suit the young guys on our team, but maybe he'd he'd look at it differently. forget how offensive he was in Ottawa. Oh, obviously, yeah. He He knows the offensive game. He's got a really good – yeah, he's got great ice vision. He knows the he knows the game well enough to like create something. I just I don't know. I, I I'd, know. Need, I'd need to hear from him. Like obviously, I'd need to hear his plan if he were hired. 
And that's an F. I, I, I don't know. I think um, I don't want to go into this comment because we're going to circle back. I think Patrick Kane's future would depend a lot of that because I don't think you could bring in a Mariota, a Patrick Sharp, or Brent Seabrook if Patrick Kane's still on the team. What, are they going to coach Patrick Kane? They're going to coach the guy that like led them. You know what I mean? Not like Not, as a yeah. captain, but like he led them like points wise. Like that's kind of tough. Uh, I think at that point, like then you're almost saying Patrick Kane's a part of the coaching staff if you do that, which I think Kane would be great at. And I think that'd be a cool role, but I don't know if that's something Kane wants to do because that, I think that would hurt his production because he'd be getting more to just really focusing on teaching. And I don't think that's something I know that Kane wants to help the younger players. That's not what I'm saying, but I don't think he would want to devote that much that it takes away from his personal game yet. Cause he's still young enough that he wants to hit those records and he doesn't want to sacrifice too much. Um, yeah. Also, I, I just think that'd be too much of a weird dynamic, but um, speaking of Alex Velasic, I heard you say his name earlier. I just wanted to give him some praise. He came out of college. Everyone shoot him off. Derek King said he wasn't NHL ready. And what is he doing right now? He's playing on your freaking top pair and looking great. Yes, he has those big blunder rookie turnovers. And lately they've landed up in the back of the net. But for 18 out of the 20 minutes that he's playing, and he's not playing 20 minutes every night, but there's been a few nights. He looks like an NHL defenseman already. And if he can just tighten it up a little bit in the offseason, you might have a player that can play on the NHL roster next year. I think I'd rather him go to Rockford for a season. But this kid looks to be like a great number four, number three type defenseman. All defense. Don't expect to get any offense out of him, which is block pucks, big body, just eat people alive. I think he's going to be awesome for years. He can play. He's a great defender. I'm excited for him. I mean, I I don't have anything else to say about that. Like, I remember when Vlasic got drafted, I was ecstatic. It was a value pick. That was a steal. He is, should not have dropped as low as he did. What we got. And how good is his cousin? Be something. His cousin. Uh, who's his cousin again? Mark Edward out in San Jose. Been like probably no. probably around a thousand games, if not over. Are they related? I thought he's his cousin. Really? Cousin. I know it's awkward because he's so much younger, but they're cousins. Huh. I thought they just weren't related and they have the same last name. That I did not know. No, because they played each other twice already. Oh. The more you know, I I feel like I should. I feel like I would. I'm shocked that I didn't know that. That's where I'm. That's yeah. I'm, I'm a little disappointed you didn't know that one already. I I mean I also didn't know that. I, yeah, I think the thing that threw me off, and I just didn't look further into it. Mark Edward Vlasic's from Canada, and Alex Vlasic yeah. is from Chicago. He's from Wilmette. Yeah. Like I okay good family ties. Look at how good his cousin is, and hopefully hopefully that translates. I don't want. I don't want recent years at uh, Mark Edward Vlasic. Obviously, he's, he's like a dinosaur out Alex, there. But Alex Vlasic's good, and he's going to be good for a while. Um, So to stick kind of on this talk, I almost think that the Hawks 
I think they're missing like an elite defenseman if you don't want to count Seth Jones. Um as far as the young defensive core, but I think the Hawks have a very, very solid um, defensive core. You have Riley Stillman, you have Wyatt Kalanuk, you have Wyatt Kaiser, you have Alex Vlasic, Alec Regula. There's a lot of kids on this young decor that can come up. If you want to count Caleb Jones, if they decide to bring him back or not, he's relatively young, not super young. Uh, I don't think he's anything more than a like sixth defenseman on a good team. Um, but I think the block, Ian Mitchell, I cannot believe I just almost forgot Ian Mitchell, who's almost guaranteed to be in the NHL next year. I here's apologize, the, here, Ian. Here's the crazy thing. For all of these young guys that we have, Nick Bodan, Alex Vlasic, Alec Regula, uh, Ian Mitchell. I feel like I'm forgetting one or two guys, but uh, Chad Kuris, uh We have a huge problem. Like, we can't field six young defensemen. Like, we can. We could. We might. We shouldn't. Why? I don't think I don't think it's like we have we yet. have Seth Jones under contract. We have Jake McCabe under contract. There's a very good chance we find some other veteran defenseman to bring in for a season or two in the offseason free agency to mentor some of the younger guys. The disrespect like, to Connor Murphy right now. I I I completely forgot about him. He's going to be on the roster too. Like that okay. is okay, that's three guys before, right there. Before we go too far here. When we really are talking about these young guys, and I know I'm saying they have a good young core, some of these guys are not NHL ready next year. Oh, uh, like, no, no, no. When you, really not... look at, when you look at it next year, I think you can kind of look at this, right? You have Seth Jones, Locke, Jake McCabe, Locke, Connor, Connor Murphy, Murphy Locke. Locke. That's it, right? I think those, unless, unless I'm disrespecting a defenseman off my head. I'm looking at it. cap friendly currently. Same. Seth Jones, Jake McCabe, yeah. Alec Regula. So you have those not, three uh, spots. Not my bad. Connor Murphy and maybe Riley Stillman stays. Yeah. And, and this is what hard. I was getting. Well, Riley Stillman's locked. So, I mean, he's going to stay. Um, so you have three spots guaranteed. And then you have. Unless we trade Alex, him. I mean, they could. Yeah, obviously. You have Alex Stillman or Alex Vlasic, Riley Stillman, Alec Regula. Caleb Jones, if they resign him, they don't have to. Ian Mitchell, all five of those guys. And let's be honest, I don't think Alex Velasic's really, even though he's looked great and I love him, and I think he's going to be a staple on the blue line in Chicago for years to come. I don't think he's going to get that look in the NHL. We saw what happened with Ian Mitchell. He had to go back to the AHL for a year. I think it's just smart to let him play there for a year. Um, and if he's playing good, you can always bring him up halfway next year. I mean, they're rebuilding. They're not going to be great. So I think when you look at it, you have enough spots that it's it's not too worrisome yet to have all these defensemen. Plus, um, uh, Wyatt Kaiser is still playing in college. Not sure if he's going to come over or not. So they still have some time to do all this stuff and kind of let these kids develop. And I don't think it's worth panicking yet plus i mean if you get to the point where you panic then you trade a jake mccabe or connor murphy and you open the spot up for the young kid is what i would do in a rebuild you think right yeah i mean i it 
the defense has always been weird. Like the post um, Stanley Cup era defensive rebuild. Because that's Since been our Jalmerson was traded. Like, and I mean, even like Jalmerson's last year, he was productive. He was not nearly as productive as he was in his prime. Oh, he and was still, like, he was uh, still and, and so I, good, I would dude. take that Jalmerson. Like, I, I'd take. Stan low, Bowman. I'd take last year Blackhawks Jalmerson. Yeah. And got like, scared. I don't know. The post Jalmerson uh, blue line. Yeah. They've all been traded away. It's not even oh, that they've all been traded Jokey, away. How are you? It, well, I mean, either what I'm here. getting at, what I'm getting at is we've drafted defensemen because our biggest issue every year isn't scoring because we can always figure out, like, maybe it is scoring, but we can always figure out a way to create offense. We have some of the best offensive talent in the league. Patrick Kane, Alex Debrinkit, Dylan Strom's kind of good. Uh, we've got. Kirby I mean, per, Doc, se, can... per se, take this, though. Look at our defensive core with, uh, I don't know, you throw Seth Jones, Adam Boquist, Henry Okiharu, Jake McCabe, Connor Murphy, and you can make whoever that sixth man, and that's a solid, solid defensive core. And it's expensive. But yeah, I mean, we're throwing money out the window when we're talking that. We're not, like, that. that would be one year, and that would have had to have been uh, that would 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 not have happened. However, what the point I'm trying to make is the Blackhawks' defensive rebuild. They've always been trying to find guys. They've always drafted defensemen like early, and they've always been good. And they've always, after a season or two, been NHL ready. And by the time that player's NHL ready, there's six other guys that are NHL ready-ish or NHL ready enough. And then we have a logjam of defensemen, and then we have weird asset management. That's that's well, that's the, the story. Hopes, that's the hope the story. is we don't have Stan Bowman anymore, and Kyle Davidson manages the assets. And better. that's what the hope is, right? Kyle Davidson has to look this offseason and look okay. We've got about aside from our NHL regulars, Jake McCabe, Seth Jones, uh, and Connor Murphy, we've got about seven guys who could play in the NHL. It regularly, we have to narrow it down to four of them. And of the three that we don't use, we have to decide whether or not they are in our four-year plan and whether or not we can flip them. I don't think we have seven NHL-ready defensemen. I don't think Alex Flasic's NHL-ready. I don't think Alex Alex Regula is NHL-ready. Ian Mitchell's questionably I'm not NHL saying ready. he's NHL ready to the point where we can rely on him every game, but well, he's I think, I in think the NHL. I think there's, there's the, he, the, the Hawks are in this weird opportunity where you can kind of just, it's going to sound kind of messed up from a player standpoint, but you kind of toy with them to where like you pop them in the AHL and then you pull two of them up to the NHL for 20 games and then you chuck them down for 20 games and then you pull, but like you just got to make sure that you're managing it to where like they get real stints in the NHL when you do it like that. Like don't pull a guy up for three games and send him down, like give him five to 10 games in the lineup, not getting pulled in a specific role. Like if you want to playing penalty kill and stuff like that, like that, I think if the Hawks can do that and manage it and like give these kids real stints, 
then that's fine. Now, if they do kind of what they're doing this year, where like a kid's getting in and then getting pulled out and then getting put in and then getting pulled out, I don't think that does anything for them. So it's just, if, if they manage this correctly, I think it kind of will work out perfectly to where they kind of get to test the waters for the first half of the year next year with the four to five guys that they think are NHL already. Um, and then they're able to narrow it down for the back half of the year if they want, or they just keep the rotation going and allow them all to kind of get their feet wet. Let's look like, yeah, ideally, but <laughs> there's, you've got to like, how do you prioritize it? Cause I'm the way I look at it, Alex Vlasic, he might not be NHL ready, but he's played 13 games in the NHL. And he's probably going to be playing for the next, what, uh, how many games does the Blackhawks have? They have yeah, five two. left, two left. Okay, that's that's 15 games in the NHL. I think that is enough to prove that he can play another 20 to start the season and be reevaluated. So I'll, I, let, I think me, that he's been, but just just further, I'm just going to yeah. go off the single player. Just, just to go out, I think he's had four absolute muffins that have landed up in the back of the net and you can't have that on an HR roster. Like I like, and I love Alex Vlasic. Like I want to hop on the train. I want to start that. Like I am full in on Alex Vlasic, but I'm okay. I would, I personally who sees Alex Vlasic being the next quote unquote, I'm going to use Jomerson just because he has the defensive shutdown guy. I see Vlasic not playing the same style, but playing that same role in the future. But I think he can use a year in Rockford and to adjust the offensive game of his. Like, yeah, he shows and maybe a you're great right. first step. And and I and I think and I think you're right about the offensive side of his game. But I think I'll, the only yeah. young kid you should like pencil in, and really, I don't know if we should. And I'm worried we're going to start giving him too much hype again. Is Ian Mitchell? I think after Ian Mitchell's year, he should be penciled into the lineup all year. I think Riley Stillman deserves to be penciled into the line. I think Wyatt Kalanuk should be re-signed, and for that same reason, he should be in all year. Wyatt Kalanuk oh. has played really well in the NHL. That's I another know one played. that I would like to see get looks in the NHL. I, I think, realistically, guys that are probably going to get looks in the NHL next year, Ian Mitchell, Wyatt Kalanuk, Jacob Galvis, Nick Bodan. I think Isaac Phillips gets I think a little bit of, them, of love. Yeah. I think oh, yeah. we see all of those. I think we see like the seven guys that we're expecting to develop in some capacity. Vlasic, Regula, Jones, Stillman, for that matter. I'll consider him because he's under 25. Uh, it, they've, I don't know. It, it's hard for me to pick and choose because I really like Ian Mitchell. I really like Nick Bodan. I really like Wyatt Kalanuk. I love Wyatt Kalanuk, but. A lot of them play the same kind of game. It's not productive to have six defensemen that play the same game. It's not productive to have six defensemen that are all not very skilled and, or let me rephrase that, not NHL experienced. It's also not productive to not play them. And you have three, possibly four, depending on how you look at it, current Blackhawk defensemen that are under contract next year that are going to one of them is going to be on the short end of the stick and it might be Riley Stillman. It might be Connor Murphy. 
it's not going to be Jake McCabe because Jake McCabe is he's a stable guy. And it certainly isn't going to be Seth Jones because they're paying him nine million. So Riley Stillman is probably going to get shafted a little bit. And he's going to be a guy that plays the seventh D role when in the middle of the season, when we've kind of accepted our fate that any competitiveness has to go out the door for the sake of progress and development, he's not going to play, which sucks. And I don't know. It's just, it's hard for me to, to pick and choose which guys should be in when and how long they should play in the NHL. And it's just hard because there's so many guys that I think can do it and can rise to the occasion and have the ability to play meaningful NHL level hockey, not pro level hockey, NHL level hockey. Yeah, that's, that's very fair. I mean, and the, really what we're both, both looking over here is there'll be an injury week one that'll open up another spot for eight weeks or something like crazy like that'll happen or, you know, something those kind of things kind of have tend to work their way out. I'm going to trust Kyle Davidson and hope he doesn't mishandle the assets. I think we both are a little paranoid because we've just watched Stan Bowman destroy any asset that the Hawks have had in the defensive end for the last seven years. So I think we don't really understand what it is to see a defensive prospect develop in Chicago, but it's um, been a bit, it's been a really long time. And I think I I wouldn't consider Connor Murphy that, but it's as close as we've gotten since the core from the cup. Yeah. And so we'll go ahead and transfer into, we're going to jump into Patrick Kane and Alex to bring it first. Now, everybody, Bear with me here. I'm going to do some reading of some quotes um, regarding both of them getting contracts. Um, Alex DeBrinkett, uh, I'm like, he was getting asked on whether or not he would open and sign an extension. And he goes, quote, I'm open to anything. We'll see what they're thinking. I think they have a lot of things to do before me, but I'm open to talking whenever they are. So we'll see where it goes. He also had another quote saying, I want to help this help bring this team to the playoffs and win. A few other comments along the lines of it doesn't matter what Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze do. I'm here essentially. Um, And then I'm assuming, which everyone's probably been waiting, as everyone's probably seen the Patrick Kane talk lately, um, had a few good quotes. Uh, He's talked about going through a rebuild and if you can win. And he, his quote was, quote, you can win and still be in a rebuild. You obviously need those young guys to take the next step, but I think it can be done quicker than maybe some people think. And then he pointed towards teams like L.A. and the Rangers. Um, and then Mark Lazarus asked him a question. Um, and the question was kind of just like, uh, does like, helping young kids grow, is that something that helps like, kind of fuel his fire, his competitiveness? And Kane kind of went on and he was talking about like, yeah, um, but he's like, obviously you still want to improve your game as an individual. You still want to do your best, but obviously helping people. And he talks about like, if I could see something, then obviously I should tell them and help them. And then he kind of like finishes a statement that pauses for a second and it goes, uh, quote, obviously I've developed some chemistry with the Brinkett over the years. If he's here and he's a big piece, then it makes then that makes it easier for me too, right? Because I'm playing with him every day, and it makes it fun to be out there with him. That quote right there made me smile. Do you know why? That quote to me sounds like a guy who's going, "Hey, Cobb Davidson, 
You signed Alex to bring it this offseason. You signed me this offseason. I'm here for the rebuild. I got my guy. You got your guy. Let's get this thing going, and we don't have to worry about Patrick Kane playing for another team. That's how I take that comment. I don't know about you. I, I kind of see it the same way. Um, if I'm Kyle Davidson, if I'm Kyle Davidson and I haven't had a conversation with either of them yet, hearing that is good. Similarly, if I'm Kyle Davidson, I'm not having that conversation until after the draft because I'm signing Alex to bring it. Like the I, moment I, I, I can sign Alex to bring it. I, I am too. And I'm signing Patrick Kane if he's willing to sign an extension as well. But it's good. The fact that both of them are kind of talking in tangent or having tangential talking points about their stay in Chicago is really good. And if Alex DeBrinkett stays, if Kyle Davidson is smart, Dylan Strom will stay. And if Dylan Strom is staying with Alex DeBrinkett and Patrick Kane, and you've got uh, Kirby Doc, and you've got Lucas Reichel and Philip Kurashev, that's a really good core. That's a really good forward core right there. That's ideal almost. Now you just got to build around that. So I think it's good. I think that it only can be good. I think this puts a lot of pressure on Kyle Davidson to get it done in this offseason. That's what I think. I think both of those are very well placed. I don't think Patrick Kane makes that comment without it being placed on purpose. Um, I don't think Alex Brinkett makes his comments without truly meaning it. Um, he's clearly open to it, so I think you should lock him up. I think if you lock Patrick Kane up, then you don't have to worry about can Alex Brinkett score without Patrick Kane because clearly you have Patrick Kane. So that question goes out the window. I think you obviously – everyone's going to say, oh, no, can you lose with Patrick Kane and Alex Brinkett? Yes. Yes, you can. We are the sixth worst team in the league. You can lose just fine with Patrick Kane and Alex Debrinkit. We're not going to have Marc-Andre Fleury in the net next year. We're not going to have even close to that goaltending next year. The roster should, on paper, be a lower-quality roster next year full of younger guys who are going to make mistakes. The Blackhawks can lose just fine. They can take Bernard. Well, we get to enjoy a great line of Strom, Debrinkit, and Kane putting up 100 points on their own and the rest of the Blackhawks not doing very much. And then we can watch Connor Bedard follow in Patrick Kane's footsteps for the rest of our life. Um, but yeah, that's just a pipe dream of mine. That'd be great. But yeah, I do think that this is awesome for any Blackhawks fan. I think this kind of hints that Patrick Kane wants to finish um, atop of the leaderboards in Chicago. I think he's not, he's already second. I believe he's only 287 points back at this current moment. So if Patrick Kane wants to get that done, he's going to get it done. And I don't think it'll take but four seasons. So I think you'll see probably a three or four year contract. And I think Alex Sabrina gets locked up for eight. And I think that'll be it. Yeah. I mean, it it's, it's hard to think about. 
Like it, it the no, no, next. I, was, that, I wasn't asking. That was me telling you like that happened. We're not, we're just gonna like, put it out there like that, I, and then we're gonna leave it. I know. It's hard to fathom. Like like that's kind of that's the reality of the team currently. So I am. Um, there is one thing kind of on my mind, and I put an article out on it already. Not sure if you saw it or not, but do you notice that there's a specific name not being talked about at all about being Grisson? Is it Jonathan Taze? Yeah. Like, nobody's talking about it. He's not really talking about it. You don't hear Patrick Kane bringing up him when he's talking about it. You don't hear anybody. I'm kind of and i don't like this feeling i don't i don't not happy thinking about it but this could very well be his last two games in chicago dude like we might be watching the end i think taze retires where they trade him i think it's more of like taze doesn't want to lose I think it's going to be two options. Either Chicago eats half and moves and gives them to whatever team for essentially nothing, or another team's able to get a third team in and then they eat another half. And then he's only going for like 2.8 or something like that. But I think ultimately it's either going to be that, or you're going to get a grumpy taste in the locker room. And if you heard Alex to it, he specifically said something like you don't want grumpy players. And that's kind of was interesting because Derek King's been calling Jonathan Taze a little grumpy lately. Alex Brinkett uses that specific word. Again, a lot of speculation, not saying he was throwing a shot at Johnny. Um, but it just there just seems to be a lot of negativity kind of around Taze. And I love Johnny. He's a legend. Going to get the 19 in the Raptors. I'm, I'm a but. big... Ugh. The Jonathan Taze narrative is so tiring. Like, I don't get it. I don't understand why there's this. Uh, I just think John, Jonathan Taze has never been a media figure. Even when he's been a media figure, he's never been a guy that is in the spotlight that answers a lot of hard hitting questions and is always being used for a soundbite. That's not Jonathan Taze. He's a very old, like historically, he's not like he he's not a he's not a mouthy guy. He's a very you know, he's to himself. He's probably got like he's had a very relative to Jonathan Taze and the hype that there was around him coming back this season. He's had a pretty shitty season relative to all that. He's probably in a very heady space. He's probably not happy with himself. He's probably frustrated with the fact that not only is he not playing to the best of his ability, but the team around him is not the same team as it was three years ago when he was playing at his best or whatever his. Uh, bounce back season. I think it was 1819, actually. Um, the, the, the game that he played three years ago and the team that was around him during that campaign is not the same. It's not the same as it was in 2015. And it's hard for him. I think it's hard for him to grasp all of that and manage it. And it is. You take a year off, the year that he had off with COVID and with his uh, um, uh, whatever it was, I, I don't want to miss say it because that, that would be doing him a disservice, but it, oh, that's that's like, that's and, and, it, and it's fair, and I and I know exactly where you're gonna go next because we've had this conversation before that 
he's the captain, no, he's professional. I, but I, if I, if you've got to give the guy a, you've got to give the guy a little bit of credit to like not I, I answer think, the questions and like not always have to, to have an answer. I don't think this has to do really with him or his on ice play. I think it literally comes down to Jonathan Taze here, dude. I think if he wants and, out, and I, I, it's, I it's on so him. Like, I, I just I think he's, the Hawks but I just think he's in a tough spot. Out. I think he's in a tough spot. The Hawks are going to let him make the decision because they have to. They have to respect like one of the best players to ever but walk through the I just Hawks think, organization. I think he wants out. I think he doesn't want to lose. I think you brought up his health issues. Potentially, he doesn't sign another contract. That's been talked about amongst other like Chicago Hawks and maybe- podcasts and stuff. So you're looking at a guy like Taze. This could be it. Maybe next year is it for Taze. Maybe next year Taze wants that one last kick at the canter. Maybe he only has three years left in him or two years left in him, like one more year after that. And he wants to go try to win because he's tased and he's captain serious and he wants to win. I'm not saying that they should get rid of him by any means because of his on the ice play. I think he's second half of the year. He's pacing at like 56 points. That's acceptable. I mean, he came through a lot. It took him to get going. I like Jonathan Taze. I personally would rather like this pipe dream of me would rather see him play out that last year, him do the Ryan gets left tour and then retire you know that would be the awesome great thing um but you know that's not what's going to happen i don't think i think jonathan taze is either going to ask to leave next year or he's going to walk and i don't think i think it's it's either he's going to leave next year and try to win and retire or he's going to play out that year and walk and try to win somewhere else and then retire like I think he's going to try to win one last time before he's done. I think that's just in his blood. I don't – I mean, again, he could just be so done that he could literally up and retire, dude. Like, he could literally just turn around and be like, I'm done. I just went through this. I grueled. I told myself that I could do it. I got back into it. By the end of the year, I was grooving. I was pacing well. I was playing good defensively. I looked like a serviceable forward again. But I don't want to do this again. My body doesn't want to go through it. And I want, I just want to retire. Who knows? But I just think that Taze is not happy at the moment. I think it's very noticeable. You see his frustration on the ice with the stick slamming and yelling at people. And you see his frustration off the ice when he's talking. You already said heard him earlier in the year with the whole soundbite clip of I'm dreaming of other teams. I just think that Taze might be done losing and knows that he's closer to the end than a Patrick Kane who might be able to go through a rebuild and still be an elite player on the back end. I think Taze knows that his effective years are coming to a close. As sad as that is, Taze is the greatest Blackhawk captain of all time. He brought this team three cups. He deserves everything. His number 19 is going to go in the rafters. He's going to get a statue Every Hawks fan in Chicago, if he does decide to ask for a trade, should respect that. They should not be upset with him. They should not boo him. They should give him all every cheer. There should be no hard feelings if that lands up that way. Taze has done everything and anything for the city. I have no hard feelings. I want him to stay and finish as a Hawk, but I just, to me, he looks very unhappy and an unhappy player in the locker room, just like the Brinkett said, it's just not good to have. Yeah, I mean, ugh. I it's disgusting it, to it, think it about. It sucks. It, like, stinks talking about Jonathan Taze in the context so, that we're talking about him because this is a guy that 
like this is a guy that young hockey players and Blackhawk fans and players within the organization have looked up to to be this guy. And not that he hasn't been. It's just weird to talk about him in the context that like he's not I'm not saying he's giving up. I'm not I'm not saying he's giving up. I'm I'm only saying this. uh, I'm not saying he's giving up, but I'm saying the context that we're talking about him in the sense of like he's leaving soon. Cause that that that's what this conversation is. It's it's an exit conversation. It's he's on his way out. It's not yeah, a matter of if, but when. And whether on his way out means retiring, whether on his way out means finding a way to stay in the NHL and win somewhere and stay around for another four seasons or so, whatever it is. But the fact that we're talking about him leaving is is weird. It makes it makes me sad to be honest. And like. Everyone's going to get on me and be like, oh, you're negative, Johnny. You don't like, no, oh, I love Jonathan Tase. Like, Tase is going to be in the top three favorite players for me all time. I don't think my top three favorite players are ever going to change. It's Duncan Keith. It's Jonathan Tase. It's Patrick Kane. And number four is Corey Crawford, to be right off my head. I don't think those players will ever change. I love Johnny. The respect is massive. There's nothing I can sit here and I can go on for hours about how great the guy was and how he's just the true leadership and how Crosby had to ask him for permission to wear the city um, for Canada, but he's had the health issues and they're grueling on the man and it caught up to him. It's sad to say, I mean, I'm not saying he's not productive. I mean, like I said, that back half of his year, he would pace out for like 56 points. So um, I just think that it's, it's, it's might be that time, and if you're a Blackhawks fan, you should watch these last couple games and and take this just in case. I hope it's not it. I hope we at least get Taze to finish out that contract and figure it out in the offseason. If he wants to leave, then he can leave then. But I would I want at least one more year. Um, the last time I saw them in person, I didn't go – fully in my head thinking that would be the last time I saw Tay's play. Um, it was actually for his 1,000th and 1,001 games. Um, and if that was the last time I saw him play in a Hawks jersey, dude, that's that's mind-boggling if that's the case. I, it's just something that I, one, envisioning him in another jersey makes me want to puke, and two, thinking about that I may have seen him play his final game as a Blackhawk is – Wow. Um, we're going to get off that topic since we're about to close the show up, Logan. Um, we're going to circle back to Patrick Kane, Alex DePrinkett are for sure signing in the offseason, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. Let's hope so. That's what I hope I so. Think, I hope that's um, what that Honestly, is. I don't know what free agency brings because, to be honest, there isn't really any free agents that I look at as someone that the Blackhawks should heavily pursue. The draft is going to be what the draft is going to be. Those guys that we draft, maybe two of them are going to be in the NHL for us because we have a lot of guys that we've drafted that are ready that we're going to see in the next season or two. But that would be like uh, that would be a successful offseason. We re-sign Patrick Kane. We re-sign Debrinkit. We keep Strom. And then we kind of just run with it. Like if we get if we get our. What? Let, let's look real quick before we close. I would we love get Strom. the Dylan Strom, Kirby Dot. Like, I know Kirby Doc's got another year on his contract, but I'm just reading off like the young core that needs to stay. 
If, oh no, if, Kirby Doc needs an extension for me. It's Kirby just Kane to bring it. Kirby Doc to bring it. Kane Strom. Those four guys. Doc should off be season. easy, dude. I, I agree. Like $2 I, I think that's. I think that's a no-brainer. I think we got to sign him for as cheap as we're willing to without not. You know, we got to pay him. Probably like two, three years. Two, so like two, two, yeah. two point five. I'd be okay um, yeah. paying him three by three, but those are the four guys that has to sign, and that's a successful offseason for me. I really, I really want Strom back. I'm hashtag sign Strom, been on that for a few months now. I'm not getting off. Um, but just for me to be happy, I just need 12 and 88. That's it. Just give me, give me a contract with 88 for like, man, I'm gonna give you a pipe dream number of six five, but there's no way he's gonna sign that. So I'm gonna throw out eight mil. Three years, something like that for Kane. And then to bring it, go ahead and try to lock him up. Hopefully, Patrick Kane can look at him and be like, look, I signed for $10 million. You already have a guy at nine. If you want to win, you got to take a little bit of a discount, bud. Coming around eight, five, eight years, that would be great. But if for Alex to bring it, I'm okay with anything up to 10. I don't think I want to go past 10. I don't think, think we're going to pay him 10. Um, I hope you can get him for eight, um, but it, it'll be interesting because he's starting to get the assist numbers up there, 40 goals again. Um, but either way, I hope that that gets done. Let's not think about Jonathan Taze. Let's hope that he comes back next year. Let's really hope that Kyle Davidson gets this done in the offseason because that would be great. Let's get the strong Kane to bring in line back. Um, that's at least something that would be fun to watch because that line does make some unbelievable you know what, plays. Let's, let, let the team go out there and win a damn cup while we're at it. Come on. Uh, <laughs> shoot, yeah. If you can throw that on, why not? I'll take it. Um, but all right, that's going to do it for the show, everybody. Thank you all for listening. Um, just one last thing. We're very, 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 very close to 100 followers on Twitter. We're still Ooh. doing that. That cue the dagger shirt giveaway. Um, all you got to do is follow us at C-U-E, the dagger pod. And again, that's at C-U-E-T-H-E-D-A-G-G-E-R-P-O-D. No spaces, no dumb underscores, none of that junk. All straight up, all even. That's what it is. We're at 96 followers. All we need is four more, and we'll be giving away an awesome Q the Dagger shirt. Um, make sure you check out at it's in, inside the rink. Sorry, I'm losing it here at the end. Do you have anything to add here, Logan? Or are we good to throw it on out of here? We'll see you next week, guys.